0: Politics, Politics. and Life Sciences Radio, also known as PLS Radio, is a show about the interplay of life sciences and politics. PLS Radio is hosted by Dean L. Finelli. Ph.D., an intellectual property attorney in Washington, D.C., whose practice focuses on issues connected to the life sciences industry. PLS explores cutting-edge topics involving the biotech and pharma ecosystems, political and governmental policy issues affecting the biotech and pharma industries, and much more. PLS guests include scientists business, medical professionals, media personalities, newsmakers, and political leaders, Politics and Life Sciences Radio is your place for hot topic discussions and real news in the life sciences industry. Now, it's time for Politics and Life Sciences Radio with your host, Dr. Dean L. Finelli.
1: Good afternoon. This is Dean Finale on Politics and Life Science Radio. Thank you for joining us today here, where we talk about all the issues in the life science industry, just the facts and the politics that influence the life science industry. I'm very pleased today to have Mr. Jay Oliver on the show. Jay is a radio talk show host and conservative political commentator in New York, so we'll talk to Jay in a few minutes. Uh, Before we get to Jay, though, let's See what's going on in the life science industry? Some big news as it relates to Alzheimer's disease. Uh, the FDA approved a new Alzheimer's drug. Uh, this is the first time in almost two decades that a new drug for Alzheimer's has been approved. And this is certainly good news because uh, the drugs that are currently out there for Alzheimer's treat the symptoms, but they don't get to that underlying cause here. Uh, this new drug uh, from Biogen actually gets to the underlying cause to slow the progression of the disease. Uh, So hopefully, uh, you know, this will be a positive result. And the reason I say hopefully is because there's a, there was a lot of debate on this drug, whether it worked, uh, whether it should be approved. And I think ultimately it came down to uh, there's a small subpopulation. There's about 6 million people, in the country that suffer from all, there's about 25% of those people that are in an early stage that have a particular uh, indication uh, or biomarker for these, uh, will be eligible for this drug. So uh, that's certainly good news. There's definitely a tremendous amount of people that are suffering and have been suffering and waiting for this approval. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, As far as the COVID-19 situation goes, We continue to move forward. The president has said he wanted 70% of the country vaccinated or 70% of adults vaccinated by July 4th. Uh, We'll see how that goes. It looks like we were on track to hit that. Uh, Certainly the number of daily administrations, we've heard a lot of news about those numbers dropping precipitously, and it seems to be tied directly to that J&J pause, uh, as you may recall, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine was shown to in a very small group of people uh, have this side effect of blood clots. Uh, when that information came out, there was a pause in the u s from the administration of the j and j vaccine, and that caused uh, directly after that date we saw the number of people getting vaccinated drop. so that was unfortunate, but certainly you know when you look at the decision making and whether they should have I think it was the right decision. We're asking Americans to get vaccinated. They should have informed consent, have all the information they need to make that informed decision. So although we have slowed down, uh, it looks like, uh, you know, we're still moving in the right direction, may not hit that 70 percent goal by July 4th. But the, the thing I would say to people is we're focusing that goal on the number of vaccinations. There's a lot of people in this country that probably have natural immunity. We've heard the science shows that natural immunity is not as good as vaccinations uh, or immunity from vaccinations, but nonetheless, it does offer some protection. So, you know, my argument would be we're probably closer to herd immunity than we really think if we take into consideration natural immunity and the 65% of the adult population that's already been vaccinated. So we'll see how that goes, uh, but we are moving in the right direction and best news of all though is hospitalizations are down, deaths are down pretty much throughout the country, except in some small pockets. So we're continuing to move in the right direction. Uh, Other news came out, speaking of Johnson & Johnson, that the J&J vaccine actually does protect against variants. We know early on when we were talking about the trials, Johnson & Johnson showed a lower effectiveness, and there was concern that that would dissuade people from getting the vaccine. Uh, Certainly, this was the the third vaccine authorized after the Moderna and Pfizer vaccine. Uh, But that's certainly good news out of uh, J&J. They've shown that now their vaccine is also good against the variants. Uh, That's the biggest concern here. Uh, You know, we have to be honest. Uh, There's a lot of misinformation out there. But when we look at these uh, variants, you know, that's kind of the how things can tend to go sideways. If we get a variant that is outside the, the protection range of one of these vaccines. You know, that's how people can, we can get into a situation where we see a, a new surge or a new spread of this. So I don't foresee that happening. All the vaccines currently authorized in the U.S. are effective against the variants. Uh, so certainly that is great news. Uh, I'd like to bring on my guest now, uh, Jay Oliver. Jay is a talk show host and conservative political commentator uh, with two decades of broadcasting experience. Uh, Jay is really uh, just a great source of information in the New York and Long Island area. And just from a personal perspective, my very first radio interview was on Jay Oliver's show. So I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for Jay. Jay, thank you for joining us today.
2: Boy, I tell you, I was Dean Finelli's first. Wow. (laughs) It is great to be here, my (laughs) friend. Great. (laughs) Wonderful to be here with you.
1: So you tend to lean on the conservative side. And, you know, we hear so much information depending on who you're listening to, especially when it relates to this this COVID-19 information out there. You know, there's a lot of, you know, whether you listen to a conservative station or a a liberal station, you're getting different information. How do you kind of sort through you know, on your show, delivering accurate information to people? Because it seems like, you know, we look at uh, even the president, you know, the governor of Texas, he, a couple months ago, opened up the state, the president started calling him names and saying it was Neanderthal thinking, and it turns out, you know, he sort of set the precedent for the rest of the country. He was right. So how do you kind of distill out what's, you know, what to bring to people from all this nonsense that's out there?
2: You know, I've learned a long time ago that, and one of the things that really propels me in the industry of broadcasting is to get it right. Because that is what I owe an audience uh, every morning when we do the show. And what really fuels me is the division that we have right now in this country, which is done so, in my opinion, uh, very much through the media. Uh And that's why you're getting information on one side. You're getting different facts on the other side. You know, I'm kind of old school, and I grew up in the days of Cronkite and Company, and they got it right. They told it as it was. They didn't make information up uh, only to get a rating point. They gave it to you. The trust was there from the American people, and that's something that always kind of stuck with me. As we went on in the years, and to the point, when I got into this business 28 years ago, uh, we didn't have as much division as certainly we have now. Now, 28 years ago when I broke in, uh, things were okay, but it has gotten progressively worse. I mean, to the point now, you can't even watch uh, shows as far as not knowing if you're getting the right information and the right news. That's all what anybody wants. And that's what I try and do on a daily basis, is I keep it real. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. But I got to tell it the way it actually is, okay? And I don't hide facts, and I don't sweep under the rug, and I get all sides on my show, okay? I don't care what kind of party affiliation or anything else. They're going to be grilled accordingly as far as the questions, and I expect them to answer in that sort of fashion. But the one thing I try and do is gain the trust of my audience by telling it like it is. And, Dean, that's how I kind of sort it out. That's how I kind of separate. And I do a lot of research and I do my homework. uh, And I really, when when I'm on the air at 6 o'clock every morning, Monday to Friday, that's the way I kind of go about my business.
1: Yeah, and I know you do. Have bring in different viewpoints. I mean, certainly, I was on your show talking factually about different issues related to the virus. You've also had uh, Governor Cuomo uh, on your show. When you're approaching, you know, someone who, uh, you know, as a conservative, you may tend to disagree with. Uh, how do you kind of go about drilling them and getting those answers out of them? Especially when you see kind of with politicians, they start to Deliver the fluff or the sound bites. How do you kind of drive down to, to really get those important issues?
2: It's it's really just a matter of peeling back the onion. You know, we've had the governor on 19 times. We've had him on my show more than any other outlet in the state. Um, and you know, it got to the point where when questions had to be asked, uh, and some tough ones, and there was some tough questions going on because at the time of the uh, nursing homes and everything else that was going on with COVID, you know, that's when the heat started to come on a little bit. And we have to ask those types of questions. You know, we have to be true to the audience because it's about credibility. And the one thing you never want to lose as a broadcaster is the credibility factor. So I think you got to be very true to yourself. Uh, You have to ask tough questions, fair questions. Uh, I'm not a blindsiding type of guy. Okay. I don't just, you know, try and uh, ask somebody and put them in a quarter based on the fact that I'm going to get headlines here. That's not what it's all about for me. It's about getting the right information, no matter what affiliation that individual is on. And they're going to be asked questions accordingly. And I think the amount of people that come on my show respect me for that because, you know, I get a good amount of Democrats, I get a good amount of Republicans. And even some libertarians, for that matter, because nobody ever has libertarians on. But quite frankly, I want to hear their viewpoint. And I think a lot of people might want to hear that as well. So I think it's important to get all sides of every issue on and let the audience figure it out. My job is to bring people to the airwaves and ask the questions that a lot of people want to know answers to.
1: And you do ask those good questions. I could tell personally, uh, this is Dean Fennell politics and life science radio. I'm talking to Jay Oliver. Jay, I understand that you had COVID, uh, not too long ago. Uh, when you hear, and heard about what it was like, and then when you experienced it, how, how was it for you?
2: Quite honest. You know, I was going through a time now, uh, Truth be told, I was going in for some minor surgery. I had a hernia. And I got called the day of my surgery, actually the morning of my surgery, believe it or not. I was ready to pack a bag and ready to go to the hospital. And lo and behold, I got a message on my uh, my phone that, uh, Mr. Oliver, uh, you've tested positive for COVID-19. You're going to need to reschedule your surgery. Well, those words hit very hard for me. Because, you know, at the time, we didn't know what was going on, right? So, you know, I got pre-tested in a hospital, I got the result, and lo and behold, what? what's next? Well, what's next was two weeks in quarantine within my quarantine. So uh, I didn't know what to expect. You know, at the time, last July, uh, you know, we were hearing some horrid stories as far as what people were going through. Um, this thing hit in many different ways as far as the individual is concerned. How it would hit me, I don't know. I I didn't know what to think. Um, You know, I'm pretty healthy, to be honest with you. I take care of myself. So I figured at least that was a silver lining, that if I was to get hit hard with this thing, I'd have a good chance. Thank goodness, when all said and done. Uh, Dean, I was asymptomatic. I didn't even have a sniffle. How I got it, who knows? Uh, and uh, 15 days later, I tested negative. So, and, and 14 days later, by the way, I still tested positive. And then on the 15th day, the very next day, I tested uh, negative, and I was able to have the surgery. Uh, long story short. So uh, this thing hits you in different ways. And with me, at the time, uh, I didn't take it lightly. I was a little nervous and scared and made sure my family got tested. But it was a time, I think, what we were all going through, and that is complete isolation, you know. Uh, And mind games were in place, and that was the toughest thing. It's not knowing what's next, and that's what I was thinking. But, you know, the silver lining was that I did get better. I did have the antibodies get better. I didn't have a symptom, but I did have the antibodies, and I had my surgery And all I can tell people is just be very careful out there at the time, because when I got it, you know, it was at a time when everything was kind of coming into play with this, uh, with this virus.
1: Yeah. And even now at this time, we still, there's a lot we're learning every day about it. I'm really glad to hear uh, that, not that you had it, but that you had it so lightly. And, uh, you know, because certainly I've heard stories and have friends that have gotten it pretty tough and, you know, they were young, healthy guys and, You know, next thing they know, they were in the hospital. So definitely glad to hear you didn't have it too bad. And just want to thank you, Jay, for joining us today on Politics and Life Science Radio. It's always an honor talking to you and appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today.
2: Always a pleasure, my friend. I look forward to having you back on 1039 LI News Radio. And certainly uh, whatever you need me for uh, in the future for your own endeavors, I'm there for you.
1: Thanks so much, Jay. It's always a pleasure. Have a great week, everyone, and we will join you later.
0: Thank you for listening to Politics and Life Sciences Radio with Dr. Dean L. Finelli. For more information, check us out at facebook.com/slash Politics and Life Sciences.